So, guys, got another completely unrelated question for you. Anybody looking for a summer job right now? Still looking? Anybody? You all got? Who's, who's got a good summer job hooked up? Who's got, what do you got? Lifeguard and swim instructor sounds really good. You get to be out in the sun all day. That sounds good. I had a lot of summer jobs over the years. None as good as my friends. Uh, he was telling me, some of you guys know Caleb Scavel plays up here. His dad, Brad, had a job one summer as like an 18-year-old kid. Can you call an 18-year-old kid? No offense. He, uh, he was out on like a private island in the San Juans taking care of, I think it was the Nordstrom's family's boat. Which meant like he worked like 13 minutes a day and then enjoyed the rest of the day. That's a good summer job. I had some interesting summer jobs. One summer I worked in a lumber yard. And uh, I worked with some colorful characters in the lumber yard. Uh, most of whom were like not that much older than you guys. But there was one guy, he was older. He was in his probably late 30s at the time. I was thinking back on this story this morning. And ironically, this guy kind of looked like Jesus. I mean, like the pictures of Jesus. Believe me, as you'll see in a minute, he was nothing like Jesus. But you remember those old pictures you'd see like in Sunday school as a kid, like with the big beard and like the kind of blonde hair? He looked like Jesus, but he wore really like skin tight 501 Levi's and biker boots and drove in on his Harley every day. And he called me the religious guy. And uh, one day we were talking over lunch and I asked him, I can't remember his name. I said, so are you married? And he says, well, not married in the way a religious guy like you would think of. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. He goes, yeah, me and my wench have been together for 14 years. <laughs> I said, oh, sounds like a real good arrangement. And he proceeded to tell me how they had an agreement, that, and that meant that they were married, and um, he called her his wench. So I was asked to talk about baptism, and you might be going, why are you telling me this story? Well, two morals to this story. First of all, ladies, never go after a guy who refers to you as his wench, okay? That's just some solid advice I want to give you right up front. Um, Second thing is, in life, when we, like, recognize important life-altering decisions that we've made or achievements or changes in identity or status, we generally kind of mark them with some kind of a ceremony or a symbol, right? We do that when we get married. We exchange rings, and the rings are symbolic, and sometimes, like, you have unity candles. Sometimes they step and break glasses. I don't Never understood that one. Sounds like fun, but I just wouldn't want to clean it up. Um, you guys ever seen this one at a wedding where you take two different colors of sand and pour them together? And you know, All kinds of symbols. We do it at weddings. We do it at graduations. You know, you, you move the tassel. Do we have some graduates in here still? Congratulations, folks. Well done. Awards, achievements. You know, we recognize people. We tend to mark these important things with with symbols and ceremonies. Baptism is a symbol of something that is very important in terms of both a decision and a change in identity. And it's a good comparison, I think, just by way of getting us thinking about this to marriage. Because I've learned over the years, I do a lot of weddings, and there's kind of two different mindsets people have when they think of getting married. And it's kind of similar to the way I've seen people think about getting baptized. One mindset, and, and it's pretty common, unfortunately it's becoming more and more common for you guys um, in your generation, fewer and fewer people are getting married now because they feel like 
you know, what, it's just a ceremony. It just it costs a lot of money. And what really matters is that we love each other, you know. So we're married because we've kind of agreed to be married. I found the one. You know what I've kind of generally found over the years with people who don't really have a wedding? They kind of end up like my fake Jesus wench monger buddy who, you know, either doesn't really, I don't know where that term came from, but he either doesn't really value marriage or doesn't stick with it because it's, it's not a marriage. So there's this one side that's like, it's just not important. The symbol doesn't mean anything. Then there's another side to it where people like with marriage, it's like everything. That ceremony is everything. Did you know the average wedding in America today costs, I think, $32,000? That's insane! You know, it's important. A wedding is important, but I do a lot of, like I said, I do a lot of weddings, and I always tell couples, it's not ultimately about a wedding. It's about a marriage. It's about what happens after the wedding. It's about a life together. It's about learning to love each other and give your life and give yourself to someone else and live selflessly. It's about all that, but you still have to have a wedding to be married. Like, you still need to make that pledge and that commitment to another person in front of someone else. It might be the cheapest wedding that was ever pulled off. You might celebrate, like, with a can of tuna fish and a can of warm Coke, you know? I don't know. But you make that pledge because it is important. The symbol is and the ceremony is important. So let's talk about baptism and what it means. And I want to talk to some of you who might be thinking one of those two things, either Baptism, it's not that big of a deal. Because I think most of you will know, you've heard before that baptism, and, and I believe this, and I'm going to teach this, I think the Bible teaches this, baptism doesn't save you. Like, you're not going to go to heaven because you got baptized. And you're not going to go to hell because you weren't baptized. That's not what saves you or doesn't save you. So then, what is baptism? Well, I, I have a definition. This is my definition of baptism. Um, it's so good that I want to make sure I read my personal definition to you. Baptism is a public, symbolic declaration of what Jesus has done in history and what he's done in your life. Hear that one more time. It's a public, symbolic declaration of what Jesus has done in history and what Jesus has done in you. So let's talk about the public part first. In the Bible, baptism was always public because I want you to think about why this is true. You can't baptize yourself, right? You're always baptized by someone else. Even in instances like in Acts, Philip he shares Christ with an Ethiopian uh, diplomat eunuch that was visiting guy. And he says, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Let's get baptized. It's always with someone. So it's always public. Jesus' baptism was very public. He wanted everyone to see. Why did Jesus get baptized, by the way? Baptism is for sinners. Because Jesus identifies with sinners. We'll come back to that. So it's public and it's symbolic. Let's talk a little bit about what baptism really means. And I want, to get, I want to ask you guys to get your Bibles out. Let's look at some important scriptures that you guys should be familiar with as you think 
about baptism. What does baptism mean? Guys, turn to Romans chapter 6 on your Bible or in your Bible or on your phone or whatever you got there. Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. The Apostle Paul talking to Christians saying, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Those two verses say an awful lot. Baptism is symbolic because when you go under the water, you're reenacting symbolically what? Death. Going into the grave, just as Christ died, and then you're coming out of the water, symbolizing what? Resurrection. And I love the words Paul says, because this is the thing I want to drill into you guys' hearts and heads more than anything else. New life. It's a picture of dying with Christ and being raised again. Not just so, okay, go to heaven, check that off the list. No, new life. I have been buried with Christ. You know that if you've died with Christ, death can never touch you. You can physically die, but you can never spiritually die. You can never be separated from Christ. You can never be separated from the God who loves you and sent his son to die for you. And you identify and then you come back up to new life. That's a reenactment of the gospel, of something that happened in history. What is the gospel? Paul says it most simply and succinctly in 1 Corinthians 15. It's that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scripture. So you, when you are baptized, you are reenacting what Christ has done historically and what he's done with you. He's made you new. You come out of that water, and you are a new person. Your sins have been washed away. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I now am identified as one who is in Christ. I'm all about living for him. That's what baptism says. That's why when you guys watch baptisms, you'll often, and why it always does it. I don't always do it. I think Curtis does too. That saying, when you go down, buried with Christ in the likeness of his death, raised with Christ to walk in newness of life. That comes from this verse in Romans 3. It's a symbol of what Christ has done in history and ultimately saying, this is who I am. I am in Christ. I want everybody to know it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I live for him. My sins are washed away. I've died to me. That old selfish, self-centered me is gone and I'm a new person because I belong to Jesus Christ. That's what the symbol means. There's one other symbol or symbolic aspect of baptism. And I want to have you guys turn to one other scripture with me. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Go ahead and turn over to that. There's some, before we start reading, he's actually talking about Noah and how Noah was spared with his family from the, the waters of judgment. God literally rained down judgment on a sinful world that was in rebellion to him and and. Peter's talking about how Noah was spared and his family was spared 
through or from the waters of judgment. And baptism is a symbol like that. He's talking about Noah and then he says, And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. What else does baptism symbolize that this verse points to? Somebody tell me. We die, we're raised. One other thing I want you to see. It's right here in this verse. I kind of referred to it already. It's that cleansing. It's being washed. My sins are washed away. But there's an interesting thing about this verse that brings up a question that I want you guys to be able to deal with. Because there are churches that teach that baptism actually saves you. That if you aren't baptized, you will not go to heaven, no matter what. There are churches who teach that. When I was in college, I had a roommate, and he went to, uh, to France. And he was there for a year studying. And while he was there, he ran into some believers, claimed to be Christians anyway, from a church um, called the Church of Christ. And there's a lot of different variations of the Church of Christ. So not all Church of Christ people believe this or believe it the same way. But his was a very um, kind of splinter group from the Church of Christ who taught him that if you're not baptized, you can't be saved. And if you've been baptized in a church other than their church, you can't be saved. There are other churches besides the Church of Christ, by the way, that teach that. And I won't name too many names, but some of you might be familiar with some of those churches. And he really like went into a tailspin. Like this threw him off. And one of their proof texts for this was this verse we just read. Baptism saves you also. Doesn't it say right there that baptism saves us? So, so how do we deal with that? Well, first of all, I want you to, to recognize something. Look carefully at what he says. Water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. Not the physical part of it that saves you. It's not the going in the water that saves you like some kind of dirt has been washed away from your skin. It's the pledge, which is not a great word in the NIV. It means this deep desire to have my sins washed away before God. And the only thing that can do that, what saves us? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus saves you, folks. Baptism doesn't save you. That's what we have to see. Jesus saves you baptism doesn't save you. There's one or two other verses that are a little confusing on this, but I just want you guys to see, and we often talk about baptism like this. It's an outward symbol of an inward reality. God has changed my heart. He has washed away my sins because Christ did something in eternity, and he's made me new. He's given me new life, and that's what we're reenacting when we're baptized. Can anybody think of any other reasons that we might say and know for sure, know confidently that baptism doesn't save you? Anybody think of any scriptures that might come to mind that just would make you go, wait a minute, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Tafi. He was baptized. 
So maybe that does point to the fact that we have to be baptized. So well done. So good. Did you hear that's Ephesians chapter 2. It is by grace you have been saved. And this is not of yourself. It's not by works. Okay. The whole New Testament is clear on that. If, if baptism saved you, it would be a work, right? In fact, shoot, you could just go get baptized and then do whatever you want. Right? No, there's an inward reality. That's why in that, in that Romans 3 or 6 passage we read earlier, Paul, the context is he's like, how can you keep on sinning like intentionally if you're a Christian? You can't. You've died to sin. That's what baptism picture. There's no longer you. You're living for Christ. It's impossible. Now, do we still sin? Of course. But we're growing. Our heart has changed. That's the pledge, the deep desire to be right with God. Okay, just a few more thoughts here. I'm going to ask you guys again, why be baptized? Why should we get baptized? Besides the fact that it's an awesome opportunity to publicly proclaim, by the way, last year, how many of you guys were in the sanctuary when we had the baptism service after the camps? That absolutely flat out was in like my top three Sundays at Alderwood in 15 years of attending here. That was so cool. And how cool would it be if many of you guys come back from camp this year wanting to get baptized? By the way, let me say one other thing about that. When to get baptized. I'm off on a little tangent here. I have known people over the years who take one of two positions. Either, eh, baptism's not that important. I could get baptized any old time. I actually know a lady at this church, a very godly lady. She teaches Bible studies all the time. She knows her Bible far better than I do. She's a very cool, godly lady. And about 10 years ago, she would have been in her 60s at the time, Pastor Fred, who some of you guys know, pe preached a message on baptism. And at like age 65, having been a Christian for like 48 years, she, baptized, she got baptized. And you know why she hadn't gotten baptized before that point. One, she was like, well, what? It's not necessary for salvation. And two, she was embarrassed because she's like, if people knew I hadn't been baptized and yet I've been teaching the Bible for all these years, they'd really questioned what kind of a Christian I am. And she just swallowed her pride and had the coolest, she shared all this with the whole congregation and everybody like standing ovation. So cool. Another thing about when to get baptized, get baptized now. Don't wait. I've heard people who've said, I'm going to get baptized when I go to Israel, in the Jordan, because that's like buying a Maserati. That's the cool way to get baptized. Don't just get baptized, okay? But on the other hand, before you all run like somewhere right now to the sink in the bathroom or something, <laughs> I think it is super Super cool to have the opportunity to have as many friends and family present as possible. So if, if you guys have not been baptized, I know we're going to be doing a service on the 22nd in a couple of weeks um, after camp and everything. You know, go ahead and start inviting your friends now and, and get baptized. Do it. Do it then. Um, don't wait for Israel. Why be baptized? Besides this cool opportunity to publicly proclaim your faith and let everybody know I belong to Jesus, it's a great witnessing opportunity, it's going to be like a stake in the ground in your life, I made it public, that's a really good reason. Anybody else think of another reason why should you be baptized? Yeah. Um, because Jesus was baptized. Awesome. Tafi, can I get an amen? 
All right, yeah, that's good enough. That's good enough. Jesus was baptized. He set an example for us, which is, again, crazy when you think about it. Does anybody remember what happened right after Jesus was baptized? Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Yeah. A dove. Is that what you said? Yeah, and then anything else you remember? There was a voice. Yeah, good, Haley. This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Which, you know, God was pleased with Jesus before he got baptized, right? God's been pleased with Jesus throughout eternity. But the point is, one, don't expect a dove to show up at your baptism. Don't expect to hear audible voices. But do know that because you have identified with Christ, God's most precious son, God is pleased with you. He's not pleased with you because you got baptized, but baptism is an awesome symbol of just remembering God is pleased with me because I belong to him and his son. Any other reasons to think that you should get baptized? Go and make disciples. Tom? It is like marriage. And, and what's the significance? You what? It is. I think there's a cool parallel there. I'm married to God. I belong to him. When you get married, you identify with that other person. That other person is the most important person in your life. You no longer are living for yourself. You're living for that person. You're living to love them and take, and they're living for you. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Go and make disciples of all nations. Doing what? Baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that I have taught you. It's a command. Jesus calls each one of us to get baptized. One more thing to think about before we wrap up though. Just so we're all clear. About the fact that baptism doesn't save you. Do we know anybody in the New Testament that we know for sure 100% was saved. But did not get baptized. No else got so many thoughts. In the back, Gary. Thief on the cross, right? Jesus said, today, this day, you will be with me in paradise. Baptism doesn't save you, right? Faith in Jesus Christ saves you. Jesus saves you. Jesus' work on the cross and his death and resurrection saves you. Who should be baptized? How many of you guys know someone who was baptized as an infant? Baptized as a little baby right? It's fairly common. It's, it's common in the Catholic Church. Oh my goodness. I don't mean to get flippant, but I can't help but share it. I, I was going to have Austin pull up this YouTube clip. You guys should watch it. It's a Greek Orthodox church, right? It's this Greek Orthodox priest, Russian Orthodox, and he takes the infant, and I thought, you know, usually I've seen them, they just like sprinkle water on the head. This guy literally grabs like this 15-pound baby, hangs it upside down by its head, and drops it in the chalice, and then flips it around. It's the funniest thing you ever see. And the kid's like too like shocked to even cry until it's all over. It's really kind of, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody's religious ceremony. By the way, the Greek word baptism means immersion. I am not saying you can't be a Christian or your baptism isn't valid if you weren't, you know, if you were sprinkled. But it is important to know the Greek word baptism means immersion. Like all the way under. And the symbol kind of calls for it, Right? You're dead in the ground. The waters of judgment like Noah's 
water of judgment symbolized, then you're out. So that's one thing to think about. But if you know somebody who's been baptized as an infant, and there are some Christian Protestant churches that do that as well, I don't see biblically where that comes from. I'm familiar with what they think and teach, and I won't go into all of it. It's some parallels with the Old Testament covenants and things like that. But I just would point this out. In the New Testament, there is not a single example, not one, of of an infant being baptized. But there's all kinds of examples of two words that go together again and again and again, especially in the book of Acts. They believed and they were baptized. You believe first, and then you make the outward expression of the inward reality through baptism. So if you were baptized as an infant, and then you accepted Christ later on in your life, which might be true of some of you in here, I would recommend that you get baptized by immersion. After you have made the profession of faith, made a conscious choice of your own to put your faith in Christ. I'm going to close with this. Um, There's a song Phil's going to play it up here. Some of you guys might be familiar with this one. Um, They've been playing it on the radio a lot. It's from Hillsong United. The song's called Wonder. By the way, I love this. Hillsong United, their latest CD. I almost said album. My daughters make fun of me all the time. Dad, album. No one owns albums anymore. I also say the word television. But anyway, I'm an old guy. So uh, this song is called Wonder. And the lyric video here, you'll see the, the lyrics up on the on the screen, and I want you to picture this, because the the lyrics are so vivid about the awesome wonder of what it means to be born again, to have our sins washed away, that Christ died for us and we die with him so that we can be made new and brought into new life with him as well. And so as you you watch this, the lyrics, and we're only going to listen to about part of the song, just think of that expression, that beautiful symbol of going into the water, into death, identifying with Jesus, being washed and made new and clean and raised to new life. Have you ever seen the wonder in the air of second life, having come out of the waters with the old left behind? I love the symbolism of blindness and eyes being opened, of life being made new, of seeing the world through the eyes of Jesus and living for Jesus. And so if you've been baptized, even if you didn't understand it at the time, that's what that symbol is. Every time you see a friend baptized, every time you think about baptism, remember what Jesus has done for you and in you and just embrace that. If you haven't been baptized yet, It is such a great gift that God calls us to. Such an important symbol, such an important stake in the ground like that ring, Tom, you and I have on our fingers to remind us that we have a new identity. I'm married to Holly Brooks. Don't know why she said yes, but she did. And that's my identity. And my identity and your identity is I am a new person in Jesus Christ who loved me and died for me and is making you and me new every day. Let's sing praise to our Lord Jesus who saved us.